0: this little light of my welcome to the witness to love podcast where we discuss the transforming power of authentic witnesses and community that marriages and families create for our church and world i'm mary rose verrett
1: and i'm ryan verrett we are a catholic married couple seeking to draw other married couples closer to christ we release a podcast every third thursday of the month thank you for tuning in we're so glad you are here Hi, everybody. This is Ryan Verrett.
0: And this is Mary Rose. And
1: we're glad to be with you for this ongoing podcast "A Witness to Love during the Year of Belonging.
0: And uh, we uh, we hope that you are uh, registered for the Year of Belonging. You can go to witness to love and register for the Year of Belonging and uh, journey together with us and so many other couples. But for our podcast, we we really wanted to share with you uh, just a, a deeper dive into Um, really a couple examination of conscience on belonging.
1: This comes after the video testimony that Deacon Russ and Jody out in California shared with us uh, just a couple of weeks ago, if you're following along here. And uh, you also probably would have seen the uh, video if you had a chance of Father Matt uh, out in Portland, Oregon. Those uh, those, uh, three individuals, the couple in California and then Father Matt, in uh in Portland really just um, kind of I think invited us to go really deeper into uh, this year belonging now and I think this is the ninth month right now and so uh, to do that though from our part I think what Mary Rose and I wanted to share with you was an opportunity to do a little bit of an examination of conscience maybe that's not something we do too often maybe we think it's something that's just you might do uh, in preparation for your first communion or something like that. If those of you have kids or, or you know, just involved in parish life, but
0: at our uh, at mass on Sunday this past Sunday, uh, the pastor he raised his he said, "Can everybody who uh, was was formed to do a daily examination of conscience and, um, you know, who." in an act of contrition each night, like who here was formed to do that growing up? And, and maybe 30% of the congregation uh, raised their hand and our uh, our 11-year-old was wildly waving her hand <laughs> that, that she had been uh, asked to do a daily examination of conscience. But, you know, we also have a 7-year-old who's getting ready to receive her first communion. And um, she, she has just been so beautifully uh, careful about you know, trying to uh, keep her soul very clean. And uh, her Lenten uh, resolution was to not have candy. And she has the biggest sweet tooth of anyone in our household. And that's saying a lot because I really like chocolate. <laughs> um, but but for those of you who may have a child, you know, preparing for their first communion, you know, just the, the sincerity and the diligence uh, with which they try to just keep their soul squeaky clean, um, it really does keep your soul clean and, and ready to receive grace, and uh, it's, it's you know it's basically having a kink in the hose. You know when you're trying to water your garden and there gets there's that kink in the hose. It's the same thing with grace and sort of in your relationship in your marriage. So if you feel like there's a kink in the hose uh, in in your marriage, or in your relationship with God, um, a daily examination of conscience uh, I think uh, just for for couples particularly. It's just so important because, you know, I think even your, our kids can pick up on when things aren't right or, you know, the tone is off or something's out of sync. And so uh, just to be able to, to check in weekly or, or daily if you can.
1: Um, yeah, Deacon Russ and Jody were in their video saying that when they're both of their parents, um, uh, when they were younger, were involved in marriage enrichment. And... Uh, I guess maybe engage encounter or so, um, but just in uh, in working with uh, with with married couples, and they said that they would never ever say the D word for couples. So it's uh, it's not a, a four letter word. It's a it's a longer word, divorce, and um, and I don't think I don't think I ever said we won't even say the word, but you know I think they that was a, really a neat um, not that we thinking about divorce obviously, but. <laughs> But it was a really neat uh, commitment that they said that that's not even going to be a part of their their vocabulary um, and, you know, what obviously what a what a gift that is. Um, but uh, it, you, you listen to their story, it, it might be worth going back and listening to it again. You know, they were really sharing that after, you know, so many good years of just being on the same page recently, they had um, just just some stresses come into their life and uh, were not uh, really uh, feeling like they belong, they're connected to each other. So, I think this really opens up an opportunity for us to do this examination of conscience, and and what we're going to use as a resource to do that is probably the probably the best and most well known, I would say, examination of conscience or sort of roadmap for uh, what what love is, particularly in relationships and in, in the covenant of marriage from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So if you have a Bible in your house, and if you should have a Bible in your house, if you don't, then you should order one. If you Or let us know. We'll help you find one. Um, if you could open up, uh, it's towards the back of the book, so the New Testament. So maybe it's been a while since you opened up your Bible. But uh, 1 Corinthians.
0: Or you right, can Google back, it.
1: Or you can Google it if you want to. <laughs> I'm kind of old school. I like the smell of a, of a book. And... Um, But yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, so I just want to open up with with that. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and starting on verse 4, um, St. Paul says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong but rejoices in the right love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love never ends as for prophecies they will pass away as for tongues they will cease as for knowledge it will pass away for our knowledge is imperfect and our prophecy is imperfect but when the perfect comes the imperfect will pass away when i was a child i spoke like a child i thought like a child i reasoned like a child when i became a man I gave up childish ways, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall understand fully, even as I have been fully understood. So faith, hope, love, abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So that's St. Paul's um, really a beautiful description of what love is. And if you could think about the time St. Paul lived in, you know, it was a, it was a, a moment in the history of uh, probably being human beings, where there was a lot of confusion as to probably what love was, there was definitely uh, have a, a breakdown happening in society, and and maybe people didn't really know about a lot about Christian love. Obviously, they didn't. So he was witnessing to that, and we see that ultimately Christian love has an an aspect to it that is the big S word <laughs> uh, that comes that I think about, which is sacrifice.
0: We uh, recently, uh, no names, of course, but there was a couple that uh, said, you know, love isn't necessary for marriage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this was a newly married couple. And so um, we kind of raised our eyebrows. And, you know, of course, you've you know, heard, you know, love is not a feeling. And, you know, if you, if you fall, quote, fall out of love or the butterflies are gone, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's okay. You can work through it and stay married. But for a newly married couple to say, um, that love isn't necessary. <clears throat> you know, that was, um, that was a little bit of a surprise. Obviously, to a newly married couple say that, and obviously they, they, there's probably some issues that, that are going to need to be worked through. But, um, you know, yes, butterflies are not necessary. Um, sacrifice is necessary. And, and love, uh, you know, love is willing the good of another. And in uh, doing something about it. And so that is necessary for marriage. You know, that, that's part of love, honor, you know, to love, honor and cherish, right? That, that's part of, of, of living out the sacrament, right? And so if you want the good for someone else, you know, you, it, it's acted out in these ways, right? This examination of conscience. And so I think a lot of times our tendency with people that we're, you know, most comfortable with or spend the most time with, um, they might experience our sharp elbows and sharp tongue a little more than um, people that are maybe that we work with or that we don't see as much. Uh, you know, it's easy to put on a good face for everybody else, but the person that you're married to, the person that you spend the most time with, the person that you love, the person that you're in a covenant with, it's, it's just so much easier to not show them. Uh, the the love uh, and the kindness and the patience uh, that is due them.
1: When we were uh, putting the pieces together for the workbook that maybe many of you have gone through during your marriage prep or maybe marriage enrichment right now, if you were a mentor couple, uh, there was uh, there were these these scales in there, these like People don't scales. always like the scales. They don't scales. always <laughs> like the scales. I like the scales, but <laughs> the scales were important and, and stand out because... Uh, they it's it's important for us to see how we measure up mm-hmm. um and that's it's not a bad thing it's not uh there's nothing wrong with saying that there is a a model of of how we should live a, a bar think, of
0: excellence a bar of excellence
1: sometimes <laughs> uh, even just a bar of doing the, the human thing <laughs> but in in Christianity in the sacrament of matrimony, um it's more than um than maybe this couple that we were referring to earlier that said you know love is not. The priority, their thought that justice is sort of a priority and kind of the, the civil contract aspect. And that's a part, but that's a natural thing and a natural good thing. People can, you know, live together and have civil marriages uh, and, uh, and you know, feel very much at peace, I suppose. Uh, but in in Christ and what St. Paul was saying is that there's, there is a, a higher opportunity and there's something... That when you um, you love in this way, you feel belong to, like you feel connected to someone, and so it's not just a self-serving thing. Whereas justice, like I owe you or you owe me, and I guess there's some aspects. There's some days that,
0: where one might feel like you know I just yeah when I just you're have just to struggling
1: do to get by, and uh, like it's your turn to fold the clothes and unload the dishwasher. <laughs> But I love this because, you know, I think if you look really specifically at verses 4 through 7, love is seen in things that are very measurable. Patient, kind, not jealous, boastful, or not boastful. Uh, It's not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. Or resentful, and it does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And I think, like for us, I mean, having and with children, and uh, we're getting ready for our 12th anniversary. You know, you can look back and see there are many opportunities to 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 bear many things, to rejoice in many things. And uh, but also, if you're not if you're not examining ourselves, it's easy to kind of point. Like I, I could see something that I probably have done recently, which is, uh, insist on my own way. And I came across this word the other day, mansplaining. You ever heard this word?
0: I've heard the word, but yeah. <laughs> explain mansplaining.
1: Mansplaining. And, uh, I'm not the big sensitive guy type, but, uh, you know, maybe I'm not John Wayne either, but, uh, but mansplaining is when, uh, a man uses his, uh, ability to maybe have a, uh, a deeper tone or a louder voice or, a Something like that to basically say, well, here's the deal. And here it is. And this is the, you know, at the end of the day, this is oh, how no. it's going to be. It's going to be. And uh, I think St. Paul's basically saying is that, you know, that's. So not,
0: mansplaining's out? That's not like on St. Paul's list of good things? I don't think so.
1: Hmm. Why do you think it should no, be? I, I, no, I,
0: I, <laughs> I, 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 I can see why mansplaining.
1: Yeah. That's just an example. I don't know if that, I don't hear a woman's but, uh. It was, uh, it was... Women's
0: uh, it would be a lot more subtle.
1: Subtle so. <laughs> Potentially. But it's good to, you know, to see these, these different things and, and, uh, for us to be able to highlight them. And this is really, this is our examination of conscience. So as you, as you're going through this opportunity, yes. year of belonging, you remember that there are things that are going to allow us to be really connected to each other. i point this out because Father Matt in Portland in the, uh, is, uh, Pastor's light video, the Shepherd's light video that he did um, just previous to this podcast, after uh, Deacon Russ and Jody, you know, he was saying that um, that couples really it's a it's a blessing to to belong to each other, to feel connected. Um, and he said, you know, he said we just don't uh, we just don't connect uh, in the body. He said, you know, it's just not for kind of the sexual aspect of marriage. But he said that it's important. Um, uh, that, you know, when you're connected first in the heart, that it makes the connection in the body so much more, uh, authentic and, uh, something to rejoice about. And, and, uh, it's really important to see that in these, these, this examine these words from St. Paul, particularly verses four through seven really speak to that.
0: There's a, a line I remember hearing a long time ago, don't remember who said it, but they always said, um, A healthy marriage starts at the kitchen sink, Um, meaning that, you know, being a team, working together, you know, bearing all things together, you know, uh, not yours, not mine, but ours. You know, when it comes to, you know, things around the house, you've always been uh, very good about, um, uh, you know, putting the house back in order as a family after dinner. I
1: just did that a while ago. I know. And and (laughs)
0: sometimes, you know, basically, you know, we have our routines, whoever brings the kids to school. Uh, The other uh, parent who's at home, uh, you know, works the the magic and puts the house back in order and the dishwasher's going and the washing machine's going and the kitchen table's sparkling. Um, It doesn't always happen, but um, (laughs) sometimes, most of the time it does. And then whoever cooks dinner, you know, the other one kind of tidies up and after. And and we, you know, now the kids are obviously getting involved a little more and doing a a good job. But, you know, there is... um, there's so many opportunities uh, during the day to not be patient and not be kind and to, um, you know, kind of, I think a lot of it in marriage, you know, we kind of can get in a rut, you know, you know, I always do this. You always do that. You know, this kid is always the squeaky wheel that pushes this parent over the edge. You know, there's always, there's always going to be an opportunity um, for, for growth, you know? And so I think, you know, even daily, I think I might, you know, write this up in calligraphy. You know, put it <laughs> put it somewhere prominent. But it is uh, it's it's such timeless wisdom, and it's it's amazing. You know, I'd say most weddings we go to, this is red. Ed, would you say this is?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it it's is. Ambitious. It's ambitious, and you know, not to overlook the the beginning of it as well is that, and it's something Mary Rose is kind of highlighting at the beginning. St. Paul saying, you know, if I speak in tongues and uh of men and angels and but have not love I am a noisy gong if if he's saying basically if i do all these wonderful things and all these actions uh and kind of serve in all these ways um but don't do it with a sense of love then he said it's really just kind of noise and uh and he says i am nothing he said if i give away all i have and if i deliver my body to be burned and have not love i gain nothing Wow. And you can see that with uh, definitely within marriage and with parenting is that there are many opportunities to kind of die to yourself and you can die in a resentful way, which sometimes you might resent you like, wow, I thought that this day would be a little bit different. But um, to, to sort of to be filled with a spirit of generosity and kindness and a, and a tenderness and to do those things is probably is what he says is going to endure all things.
0: One of the things that makes it easier to live this, by the way, this this is impossible, you know, this, yeah. this kind of love is just not possible. But if you have grace and if you ask God for help and if the grace of your sacrament is flowing, if there is no kink in the hose um, and if you, as a couple, um, you know, it says where two or more are gathered in my name, you know, whatever they ask for, you know, will, you know, will be given. God will hear it. And so I think, you know, if, if, if a husband and a wife get together and pray and ask God to help them perfect love um, and to be perfect witnesses of his love, obviously none of us are perfect, but, you know, we're, we're all called to perfection. We're all called to mirror that, the, the love of God in the world. And so, um, you know, there, there's, it's a, it's a, powerful uh mission opportunity witness uh, to do that but it's very difficult you know and I remember we were we were giving a talk somewhere and I remember somebody coming up to us and this this happens you know pretty regularly they say you know how how do you and Ryan you know how do you um you know work on your marriage and how do you have a good marriage and like how do you how you know you 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 travel and you work with couples and you give talks and like you know it must be difficult to put your neck out there like that you know like be the the couple who's who's helping marriages you know how, how do you have a perfect marriage? And of course not. <laughs> of course we don't. We're we are working on our marriage. Um, but that to just never say well you know we've got it figured out or we're done or we're done growing or we we don't have anything to learn like when when a couple kind of gets to the point where they're comfortable in the way that they interact um, and maybe taking shortcuts with regards to, you know, tenderness and kindness and patience and respect, you know, all of these things that um, St. Paul mentioned. Maybe kind of go back and and go through it and do that couple examination of conscience and really be open to growing, be open to learning, be be open to maybe the insights that God has for you in your marriage Um, because, you know, things, there's seasons, right? You know, you kind of go through seasons of things where maybe one spouse is is praying more or is more you know stronger and more focused or um struggling or you know whatever it is Uh, addiction sickness um work troubles and just all these things And, and you really have to kind of hold each other up and lift each other up and so um whether you're the spouse who you feel like right now is, is, is more consistent in prayer, um, you know, pray for your spouse. You know, don't just say, oh, you know, I wish they'd come along or, you know, I wish somebody would like, I wish the sky would open up. <laughs> you know, like really to, to pray for them and be their spouse, be their companion, be that witness um, for, you, for your children. But it's just, it's so important to, to never ever um, just to accept the way things are to really um, step out uh, step out in faith step out into the deep and and live this this couple prayer.
1: Thank you for joining us again uh, this uh, ninth month of the first year of belonging and uh, for walking with us and uh, thank you for staying in touch and for being a part of this witness to love marriage movement.
0: We'll see you next month.
1: This little light of mine Thanks for joining the Witness to Love podcast today. You can learn more about our tools to support God's beautiful vision for your marriage at witness to love.org.
0: Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to connect with you. Share how you and your spouse are being a witness to love in our world. By using Witness to Love movement hashtag on social media, and you'll have a chance to be featured in our stories.
1: Always remember your marriage is called to be a light this in the world. We'll see you next month. May God bless your marriage. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine.